What's up, tailgaters? Welcome to Homefield Tailgate. This is where we talk about anything and everything college sports. Yeah, it's hosted by the three of us, as you know. We got Bertie Ellinger, Addison Harbor, myself, Thomas Wilson. We'll have a guest join in a second. Um, but we're excited to go for our next live episode, the Thanksgiving special. We got plenty to be thankful about, and you're going to hear about it soon. Yes. Yeah, speaking of being thankful, I'm thankful for this podcast and um, getting to drink with my friends on a on a Monday night. Um, so, speaking of drinking, what is everyone drinking? Thomas, what do you have? You know, I've had this before, but since we have like three listeners, maybe the six others that listen to this will think it's new. I got my cider with my Jefferson Reserve bottle. It's uh, fantastic. It's great. It's small batch, and I would highly recommend. Birchie? You guess. White wine? Red wine. Red wine. You might miss that. There you go. Representing. Yeah. I love it. I'm having what some might refer to as a robberita. It is uh, tequila, topo chico, uh, and lime over ice. Very tasty. A robberita? Is that really what they call it? That's what I've heard some people refer to it as. What'd y'all do this weekend? Y'all have good weekends? Yeah, I didn't do much. I, my brother ran a marathon, so I watched that, which was great. Well, that's something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a buddy come in town for um. Oh no, wait. Yeah, how'd he do? I'm sorry. Oh, he did great. Yeah. He finished, so that's what matters. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I had a buddy come in town. Uh, whose brother proposed. He went to SMU. If you listened last week, I almost kind of messed up and spoiled it. Um, but yeah, that was really fun. Friday night there was the engagement party. We went there. Hung out a little bit, saw some friends I hadn't seen in a while, and then we went out. And then um, Saturday, I just kind of recovered for the rest of the day because I, uh, I'm a little too hard. But, you know, we uh, we make choices in life that we live to regret. Yeah. Speaking we all have those nights. Oh, what did you do? <laughs> what I do this weekend? Um, what did I do this weekend? I went to the Ole Miss game on Saturday. I went to the Grove. Um, I just kind of hung, hung out had a chill weekend. Super chill. Nothing too exciting. Just really smiling over there. <laughs> um, also, one of our commenter, commenters on our YouTube live did make a good point about um, Rebel Rags. Um, so we will be changing our intro very soon. <laughs> so we don't get sued. So thank you, Ty, for pointing that out. What, what is wrong with our intro? Anything and everything. Everything. Oh, nice. <laughs> Rebel Rags, whatever. We don't want to get sued, for sure. <laughs> Luckily, we're, we're just starting out so far, but I just thought I would mention that. All right, recap. Let's <laughs> go. Talk about last week. Addison, Wake Forest at Clemson, 27-48. to Tigers. Clemson's been playing good football lately. They've gotten better as the season's going on. Their offense still isn't super great. Um, they've had some quarterback issues, but 48 points is super impressive. Uh, the second largest score of the year for them. A largest score against the Power Five against the Power Five team, so that's very impressive. Um, and I didn't think they had it in them to beat Wake Forest by that many points. Um, so Clemson's came along throughout the year. They've got a big one this week against South Carolina. Uh, that place will be rocking. Williams Bryce Stadium Saturday night. Excited for that game, actually. Um, but that's really all I have. I was just impressed with Clemson. They 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 can still go nine and three. Is 
No, Clemson, I was about to, I was about to say that Addison is as much crap that Clemson's gotten this year. They have a good chance to finish down in three. I mean, if you ask about 90, 95% of college football programs across the country at the beginning of the season, you're going to go nine and three. They would probably take that. Um, it's not Clemson standards. Nine and three is definitely kind of going back as far as like what they're used to. Um, South Carolina, like you said, is going to be a super interesting game. We'll kind of talk about that later. Um, but I mean, good for Clemson. I mean, I don't really have much to say. Wake Forest was kind of playing pretender. Yeah, they were undefeated a couple of weeks ago, but we, they are who we thought they were. Yeah. Um, Texas boy, talk about Texas at West Virginia. I mean, Texas <laughs> just continues to disappoint. If you happen to be a guy named Walker and you're listening to this, I don't apologize for my takes because Clemson is terrible. Um, Nick Saban did go seven and six in his first year at Alabama. So maybe there's hope at the end of the tunnel for uh, Texas, but man, West Virginia, just beating them is still kind of funny. Clemson thinks they're going to be great every year. They're joining the SEC. They're the most profitable team in the country, yet they're not going to make a bowl game this year. And I just think it's Texas, Texas. Yeah, Texas. Yeah. I think you called him Clemson twice. Yeah, you did. I'm at Texas. It's been a long day for Thomas. Yeah, not not a good day. Mondays, Mondays. It's not going too great. No, it's not. (laughs) I mean, Texas just continues to disappoint. Um, West Virginia was the favorite, and they covered easily. I, I just don't – I just it's so hard. I, I thought so highly of Steve Sarkeesian and his offensive uh, play calling going into this season. And now Texas' offense is just completely miserable. A part of it is they don't have a quarterback, but still, there's no excuse to only score 21 points um, against West Virginia in their fourth quarter. Woes all year have just been uh, abysmal. Um, they're not going to a bowl game. Unless, because uh, I don't think they're going to beat Kansas State on Saturday. So, so I mean, it's super disappointing. That team, Texas, has all the money, all the resources. They should never lose more than five games in a year. Yeah. And that should be that should be the floor. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. I was stayed at Oklahoma. I'll take that one. Um, went exactly like everyone thought. Um, Oklahoma just continues to – kind of hang in there on the edge. 21-28, um, I think we all know it. They're going to lose next week. And we said this uh, maybe two episodes ago, Oklahoma State being dark horse. Um, I feel confident that Oklahoma State will will beat them. But what are y'all's thoughts? Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that game more later. I definitely don't think – and I definitely don't think Oklahoma can beat Oklahoma State twice, which is what they would have to do. Right. Um, I could see them getting bound once, but definitely not twice. Oklahoma really dominated that game for the most part, especially on defense. And on the defensive – Oklahoma's defensive line looked completely dominant against Iowa State all game. Um, the, Iowa State was able to kind of keep it close and keep it interesting, but it never felt like they had a real chance. Mm-hmm. Um, they drove the ball down the field on their final possession in the fourth quarter, but it still didn't feel like it was a real chance for them. No, I kind of second what Addison says and what you said, Birchie. Like, we kind of knew this game was going to happen the way it did. Oklahoma was going to cover. But, I mean, we've kind of been looking forward to next week when they play Oklahoma State. We'll talk about that as the show goes on. Um, but, I mean, this game didn't really surprise me in any way. It was just kind of what we thought it was going to be. All right. All right, Michigan State at Ohio State, 56-7. to Allison? 
Yeah, this game was 49 to nothing at halftime, uh, Ohio State. I, um, I, I watched the first drive for Ohio State and saw them just go down the field super easily, and the writing was on the wall at that point, I felt. Michigan State has the 130th ranked pass defense in the country. There right. are 130 teams. Against probably, arguably, the best wide receiving core in the country. Yeah, against Ohio State, yeah, ar- arguably – most likely the best wide receiver court right. in the country. Your first With CJ Stroud, who's gotten better as the season's gone on, and is probably going to win the Heisman now at this point. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's, he's definitely the front runner, I would say. Def- I would give it to him over Bryce Young for sure. Um, I mean, in Ohio State, I mean, they put in their walk-ons in the second half. It was ugly. Michigan State was unprepared. Um, it's an indictment on them to be – you know, kind of so good throughout the year, but just have such a bad secondary. Uh, and it was just a bad matchup for them. Ohio State was uh, just matchup-wise, that, that was kind of predicted. That's why they were a three-possession favorite in Vegas. And they should have been an eight-possession favorite. Yeah. I mean, you know, we thought 19 points was a lot because Michigan State, they're the number seven team in the country at the time. They had a big win against Michigan, who – Looks pretty good themselves as well. But at the end of the day, like Ohio State did what they did against the worst pass defense in the country. I don't really have much to say about this game other than that, though. Yeah. UVA at Pitt. UVA for Kathleen Wilson. Take it away. Uh, Kathleen Wilson. Yeah. You know, that's tough for her. I'm really pumped that she's going there next year um, for grad school. And I was hoping they could pull it out. But at the end of the day, I mean, Pittsburgh's a good team. This this game was high scoring and it was close for a while. Pittsburgh did kind of pull away at the end and score. I think it was two touchdowns versus none in the fourth quarter. Um, Brennan Armstrong, though, for UVA looks pretty good. I mean, I give him a lot of credit for what he's done this season. He's a big game against Virginia Tech that we'll talk about later. I kind of liked them a lot in that game, honestly. But again, we're going to talk about that later. Interesting. Yeah, Kenny Pickett, um, it's kind of sex. He was in the Heisman conversation just a few weeks ago. Played great, 340 yards, four touchdowns. We did have the two interceptions. Um, if he cleans up those mistakes, Pittsburgh probably wins even a little easier than they did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they didn't cover, which is disappointing, I guess. But still, a win's a win. Um, they're going to go to a great bowl game. They're going to get a New Year's Six Bowl, right? Unless something crazy happens. We'll see. I haven't really looked at it that much. They're they're a three-loss team. Is that right? Two or three. Okay. We'll see. I mean, the ACC's got to get somebody. Yeah, someone's got to go. I think they're still the best team in the ACC. I'm not arguing against you. I mean, Wake Forest? No. Got killed by Clemson? Virtue, what about Arkansas, Alabama? Um, another game where I just, Alabama's just kind of nothing, nothing crazy, not their best team, um, officiating was a little sus, um, and Bama's just proven to be a beautiful team at this point. I think everybody kind of knows it. Um, I think I've mentioned this before, but even my mom as a huge Alabama fan has watched all the games and she was looking at Georgia's football team being kind of like, Yeah. I mean, they look like our team used to look like. So I think it's just um, evident that they're just a pretty beatable team at this point. But um, they're still winning, so it's not like it's over. 
um, and anything can happen. But I mean, 34 to 42, um, Arkansas was pretty close. So Richie, well, well, I want to take a little, little sidestep here for a second. What is the family dynamic going to look like for the SEC championship? Yeah, great question. So actually my brothers and my dad have tickets. I think they already have tickets to the game and my mom is going to go to Savannah to be with her sister who also went to Alabama so she can cheer on um, the team. However, my brothers have been so sweet and my dad just about Alabama. Um, But there's definitely some tension, you know, Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. But my mom uh, is still an Alabama at heart, uh, Alabama fan at heart. So it will be a very interesting game for them. I'll let y'all know how it goes. Get there. Well, where I was right, where I was wrong, this is where I was very right. Arkansas, 21 points was way too many for, LSU, for Alabama to be favored by. Arkansas <laughs> covered easily, obviously. Had a chance kind of down the stretch, but it still never felt like they were going to win that game. Alabama kind of controlled it for the most part. But Alabama is just – they're down this year as far as Alabama goes. Totally. Um, I can't wait to watch – Georgia destroyed them. But, but, well, you want to talk about that? Nick Saban always has um, a puncher's chance. Right. And Georgia has historically, under Kirby Smart, played tight in these big games. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't count Alabama out, but it wouldn't surprise me if Georgia beat them by three touchdowns. I mean, I agree. I mean, we're going to be talking about this game for the next two weeks, essentially. Um, as far as this game goes, like, credit to Arkansas. Like, I mean, we, we kind of thought that 21 points was a lot. And, Arkansas came swinging. Um, officiating was a little suspicious. They had a couple plays um, with scores that Arkansas had that were a little weird. Probably one of the most fun fake field goals by Arkansas that I've seen this season. Um, the tight end made an Oh, that was that. awesome. That was that was so cool. But, like, I mean, again, Alabama's not what the team they used to be there. They kind of remind me of, like, what Notre Dame was in – was it 2012 Notre Dame went to the national championship? Was they it? went in 2012, and they also went – I'm talking about just national championship when they played Alabama and lost like 42 to 14. Yeah, 2012. Alabama team, as far as games go, kind of reminds me closer to that other than A&M. They just kind of get back by the skin of their teeth and just kind of win. I don't think Auburn's going to be an issue for them, even though historically Auburn plays well at Jordan-Hare um, in this game. But I, I don't know, man. I think Georgia's too much to handle. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. The big talk with Dan Mullen, Florida, Missouri, Addison. Um, oh. Yes. Missouri beats Florida 24-23 in overtime. Mm-hmm. Elijah Drinkowitz trolls Dan Mullen. <laughs> like saver. And Dan Mullen gets fired. And just a, another job opening in college football. This carousel is going to be wild. Yeah. Way more wild than last season's, I would imagine. Um, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. So Dave Matter, who is like a, a writer for sports for St. Louis today, tweeted SEC coaches that have been fired immediately following Missouri uh, losses to Missouri. You have um, Dan Mullen in 2021, 2020, Derek Mason, Brett Belima and Butch Jones both in 2017, and then Derek Dooley in 2012 and Joker Phillips in 2012. Like, doesn't really mean much, but I just thought that was a fun stat or a fun, like, thing. Um, I mean, it sounds like, based off of what Twitter is saying and, you know, people that maybe Florida already has their guy, 
Um, I don't really necessarily know that's true, but I mean, man, Florida a year ago was playing for an SEC championship. And I believe a year ago they hadn't played LSU. So they had national championship playoff implications on the line. And it's just crazy to see how far they've come as far as like, you know, going down the opposite way. So yeah, they've almost they've almost came as far as that shoe flew. Yep, absolutely. Um, I saw this a stat also. Fired SEC football coaches. Just SEC, not college football in general. Fired SEC football coaches and their buyouts and what they're getting uh, to sit at home on their couches is the 15th largest economy in the world. <laughs> That's incredible. It's a lot of money. Yep. It's the best job in the country. Yes. Best job in the world. Best job in the world. Speaking of the best job as yeah. a football coach, <laughs> Auburn has <laughs> South Carolina. I'll get better at it, y'all. Just, just do it. Uh, I don't think either of these jobs are the best job in the world, but Bertie, I really uh, I applaud you for your effort. Um, Long day. <laughs> um, I mean, we all kind of felt like seven and a half points was a lot, and South Carolina would easily cover at least maybe win. Um, Auburn scored in the first two drives of the game and then didn't score but a field goal the rest of the game. Um, kudos to South Carolina and what they've done this yeah. year. They were projected to win three and a half games this entire season, and now they're going bowling with a puncher's chance against Clemson um, here coming up soon. I mean, Good for them. Yes, they played Florida and South and out Auburn, like both kind of like on the wrong end of things. But I mean, you got to give credit to where credit is due. Right? That's how it works. That's just how it works sometimes. Yeah. If you would have told me before this season, uh, South Carolina would beat Auburn and Florida. Um, I think they'd be going like nine and three. I would have wanted to, I, I would have wanted to put you in an asylum. Mm -hmm. wow. I would have thought that you were crazy. Yeah. Very crazy, but they've done it. They've done it. They they upset uh, Auburn. This is how college football is supposed to be. Anyone can beat anyone. Yep. Georgia's an anomaly, but literally anyone can beat anyone. Yeah, on any yeah I agree. For the most part. part. Yeah, it, it's great. I love it. And the transfer portal is just going to kind of make that more apparent even more. I think so. Yeah. But again, we'll talk about that some other time. Any more thoughts on Auburn, South Carolina, or y'all want me to get into Oregon? No, Bertie, I want you – I want to hear about your heartbreak with your favorite team. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty disappointed about Oregon. They really let me down. I mean, Oregon at Utah, or Utah won 38-7. Um, I just can't believe it. However, um, if Oregon beats Oregon State in the regular season, then both – for both teams next week – I just got the stat. Uh, the Ducks will get a rematch with Utah in the Pac-12 title game. So we could come back. No, it's not I, over. Archie, not well, over. that's good for pride. You're not making the playoff. What? I said, well, that's good for pride. Yeah, you beat the team that beat you. There's no way Oregon's making the playoff now. As a team I know. I just want to beat Utah at this point. Yeah, that's so right. We're going to come right. back for the rematch. Yeah. But I found this interesting stat. Uh, Utah's coach, uh, Kyle Whittingham, um, has won the most wins for the Utes um, in the program history. So sounds like he's staying put um, and is doing well for, for the Utes. I thought that was a pretty fun fact of the day. Yeah. Go Utes, I guess. Actually, no. Go Oregon. 
<laughs> that was tough. Uh, Addison, what are you eating, man? This shit's so good. <laughs> what is it? Pumpkin what is it? pie? I'll tell y'all later. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll all get right, to all that. Right, all right, man. Okay. Good. Um, I have my prop sitting out and... All right. Couldn't help myself. <laughs> Oklahoma State <laughs> at Texas Tech, Addison. Um. Oh, I told you where I was right. Oklahoma State would cover. They'd beat Texas Tech. Didn't even let Texas Tech score. Oklahoma State's peaking. They're coming in form. Yeah, I mean, no, going off what you're saying, Addison, like they put themselves in the best possible position they could at the moment. They handled business like, you know, Tech, while they, they had their head coach for the future, he's not coaching now. They've been kind of hitting their rhythm recently as well. They're going to a bowl game. Things are on the up and up. And Oklahoma State did what they had to do. They just kind of played business and won the game, like 23 to nothing. Didn't even score a point, scored 23 on offense, like covered. Like what more could you ask for them in this game? Not much, Thomas, not much more, you know? Right. <laughs> I wish they would have scored more points. One is a win. They covered. They did cover. Speaking of covering, Ole Miss, Vandy at Ole Miss. Yeah, Vanderbilt cover, Ole Miss blows. You speak of a team that, you know, has been handling business in that covered, and both those things don't really speak on Ole Miss right now. The team can right. never really find a rhythm, both on sides of the ball. Um, defense did step up and make some plays towards the end. Um, man, I hope that they're just kind of like they were looking ahead at Mississippi State because the offense never really could kind of put the ball in the red zone as far as touchdowns go. That's kind of been something we've been seeing for the past several weeks. Um, granted, it is Vanderbilt. Maybe they just didn't really bring their A game. And what kind of made me happy about this moment is, you know, Kiffin said in a press conference towards the end of the game or at the end of the game that he wanted to come in and kind of like, you know, dog down the players, but he chose not to. And Matt Corral was doing that for him, which just kind of shows the leadership on his end. Um, but we'll see. Uh, this game was kind of disappointing. It was kind of throw up, and I, I hated it the entire time. Yeah. Um, Ole Miss in the second – the biggest things from this is Ole Miss still can't score in the second half. Second half offense is atrocious. Yeah, I saw um, some st- – I don't – I'm not going to speak on the numbers, but I saw some stat there that was just kind of embarrassing as far as second half points go. Since Tennessee, it's been awful. It's yeah. been very, very bad. Um, also, another thing, this is sandwiched between – Ole Miss hosted AM. Game day was right. their big emotional victory. For sure. Coming off of huge, that. Huge win. And anything away from that. Your second, your second biggest rival is being played in five days with second a golden egg, with, sure. a, a gold, with a golden egg trophy on the line. So Ole Miss kind of slept walk through this game. That was kind of expected, but still, I don't understand how you can't score against Vanderbilt in the second half. You can't score against anyone in the second half. Mississippi State will kill Ole Miss if Ole Miss can't score in the second half, because that's where Mississippi State's offense gets going more, it seems. No, you're completely right. They were down 28-3 to against Auburn a couple weeks ago and came back and won the game. Mississippi State kind of thrives in that moment. Um, That's a great point, Addison, that I didn't really think about. So Mississippi State's not going to be out of this game at any point. And as far as Ole Miss goes and their complacency on offense in the second half, that fears me. Yeah. Yeah. SMU at Cincinnati, Addison, 48-14 Cincy. Yeah, SMU was undefeated like four weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Now they have three losses. So very disappointed in them. Pony down. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. That was kind of lame. 
but okay. we'll, we'll block it out. That never happened. <laughs> we'll cut that. <laughs> uh, Cincinnati did what they were supposed to. They were only an 11 and a half point favorite, and they won by uh, like 20 something points. Addison, I'll give you credit here. Like you said, that Cincinnati, they haven't really had a game to show up the entire season except for since Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Um, and they showed up here and they showed like they were a top four team in the country. I'll give you credit. You said this was going to happen and it did. You know, we speak about how we're right sometimes when we're wrong sometimes. You were definitely right in this moment. I picked us. You said I'm right a lot today. What? You said I was right you a were, lot. You were. You've been right a lot today. You have. And I'm, I applaud you on that. So I'll, I'll, I'll stroke your ego a little bit on that one. Um, good for Cincinnati. Um, evidently, SMU's coach, Sony Dykes, is the front runner for TCU. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later, which would be very great for me personally, but we'll speak about that later. I'll tell you who I think would be perfect for TCU in a few minutes. Okay. I think it'd be a great fit. We can go to the next game. Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, Birchie, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, there's a blowout, <laughs> so not much to it. No, I think what Birchie means to say is Notre Dame is slowly creeping themselves into playoff contention. Um, Fun stat. Go ahead. Fun stat. Notre Dame has not given up a touchdown in 12 quarters. It's last three games, right. no touchdowns. So you, we, we talked about this off air, but what were the three games they played? It's still a great stat, but I'm just curious. Yeah, it's still a great stat. Well, obviously, Georgia Tech. Hold on, I've got to go back to it because I don't have it wrote down. My memory's not that great for Notre Dame football. It's okay. Uh, Virginia, Georgia Tech, and Navy. Okay, Virginia is a – that's honestly impressive. Navy. Virginia's a decent team. I mean, Georgia Tech, I mean, yeah, but still, not giving, up a, not giving up a touchdown for that long. Not giving also, up a touchdown when you're up 55 to nothing. Addison, also, like, we, we talked – it was Army or was it Navy? Navy. Okay, that's triple option still. That's a different offense that you don't see every day, and sometimes those kind of, like, offenses can sneak up on a team with weaker preparation. We've seen Alabama struggle with teams like that. Yeah, you, Georgia Southern scored 33 points in a game that doesn't matter, and Alabama scores 55. No matter who you're playing or what you're doing, not giving up a touchdown for three games. It's impressive. Extremely impressive. They don't control their own destiny still, I think, but they're definitely in playoff contention. Yeah. They're, they're giving up like four points the last three games. Yeah. All right, Michigan's, Michigan and Maryland, Addison. Oh, well, Michigan just dominated. Um, I didn't watch this game. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Um, I was impressed uh, with the stats and the score that Michigan went to Maryland and beat them by that many. Yeah. Um, which is good. I mean, th- th- we're going to have a great game. Uh, Michigan at Ohio, uh, in Ohio State this coming week. Some people were nervous Michigan might have a let game, a letdown game here, um, a trap game, but they didn't. They went in. They dominated. They looked good. Yeah. They asked – just to put it simply, they did what was expected of them against a, a Maryland team that Iowa scored 58 points. Granted, there was like, I think, a couple inter- – six interceptions total in that game. Um, but it makes the game, Ohio State versus Michigan, uh, even more enticing this week. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, we have a lot to catch up on later. UCLA at USC, Thomas. Okay, this game was happening during the Ole Miss game. So, granted, I didn't watch a ton of it. Um, I did kind of keep up with it. 
I mean, UCLA, anytime you score 16 points, is kind of impressive. USC still in search for a coach. I don't really have much to say about this game, like, so I can't really speak a ton about it. Um, but, Addison, what do you think? <laughs> I thought – I was very shocked with the score and this outcome. I didn't think that UCLA could win by 30 points. Um, I think Chip Kelly – people don't think he's done a great job at UCLA. I do uh, because of what he had to do. He's built it back from the studs up. Yes. And I'm impressed with UCLA still at this point in the season. Even though they've kind of been up and down, they're getting better. I think he's going to have that program rolling here in a few years. Yeah. Awesome. Playoff projections, Thomas? Yeah, so um, I think that we're going to talk about our top ten right now and then go into final four projections, which honest, obviously final four is playoff implications and what we think is going to happen. And if you look at the top ten right now, obviously there's Georgia. Right. And then there's a drop off and then it's Ohio State and then there's another drop off. And then there's what, seven teams in that area that anyone can be anybody. You have Alabama, Cincinnati, OK State, Notre Dame, Ole Miss, Michigan, Baylor, Oklahoma. So, I mean, there's two teams that are locked and there's four teams that are two teams that are locked for the playoffs, in my opinion, and like two schools that could possibly get in. What about you, Addison? All right. So I have my top 10. I'll start from number 10. I have the Oklahoma Sooners. Same. I have mm-hmm. Baylor Bears at nine. Yep. The Ole Miss Rebels at eight. Okay. Notre Dame at seven. Okay. Michigan at six. Bama at five. Okay. I have Cincinnati four. Oklahoma State three. Ohio State two. Georgia one. Okay. And my final four, like I honestly think at this point that those four teams are going to win out at the top. I'm probably think. I mean, this is what I'm thinking. So I'm thinking Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, and Cincy make the final four. Okay. I have the same, I but I have Cincy and Ohio State four. Because I yeah, think an undefeated Cincy will probably get the three seed, and then OK State will get the four seed with one loss. Okay, that's what I want to see. Yeah. I, I didn't – I didn't – I just put them in there. That's what I want to see because I want to see Oklahoma State and Georgia. So And the thing is, I might think that Oklahoma State is the better t- – I think Oklahoma State might be better – than Cincinnati, but I think the playoff committee will kind of be like, all right, they're undefeated. We'll make them three. I suppose. I think yeah. so as well. I think so as well. Um, I also just I really want to see the Oklahoma State Georgia also, matchup. Did you see the Cincinnati play- Ohio State Battle of Ohio? It'd be great. Did you see the playoff committee? Like there was something on Twitter where they would still consider a two-loss Bama team in the playoff. Wow. I mean, come on. They're I mean, to it. Well, for me, if Bama gets in with two losses. That helps me out because then I'll get to go to New Orleans. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't I don't think – there's no way you're going to let in a two-loss Bama team over an undefeated Cincinnati team. And then – the they, the they have the best win in the country right now. Yeah, you're right. They do. Against Notre Dame. They do. They have the best win. They have the best win. Um, mine was very similar to yours. Top 10, Oklahoma, 10, Baylor, Ole Miss, 8. But then mine goes uh, Michigan, 7, Notre Dame, 6. OK State five, Cincy four, Bama three, and then Ohio State and UGA one. Yeah. So we have some ch- some differing opinions on Alabama. Right. But the thing is, three through like what, eight, you can put in any order yeah. and you can argue. Three through, th- honestly, probably like three through 12. Yeah. It's all chalk for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess you have to keep Cincinnati up there in the top three or four just because they're undefeated. 
Right. And they have that win against Notre Dame. And they – listen, they they came to play last week. We talked about it earlier, but I've been very hesitant on Cincinnati because of the last few weeks. But this game, they really kind of like – they came to play and they showed me that they're, they're going to be for real. Again, I think they're going to get the doors breaked off of them based off whoever they play in the playoff. But we've seen that every single year. So, whatever. Yeah. All right, coaching carousel. Talk yeah, about there's, these coaches. There's several. Right, perfect fit for TCU. Perfect fit for TCU. Damn all. I can Honestly, see that. I, I wasn't thinking about that, but that makes a lot of sense. It, you, it you does make about, sense. He, like, he doesn't like to recruit. He, right. he doesn't like to – I'm sorry. No, he actually, it's your take. Go for it. He doesn't like to recruit. Well, I don't know how much he likes it or doesn't like it, but he doesn't care about it as much. He yeah. likes to develop players. TCU yep. somewhere that they're not going to be like, oh, you have to sign five stars. Right. You can get three stars. You can get some four stars. You can develop them. Uh, there's not a, too much pressure on him at TCU. Um, and the Big 12 is about to be a lot different. He could win there. I think it would be a great fit. He can recruit in Texas, and those quarterbacks fit his style of play. A lot of Texas quarterbacks fit his style. He can also recruit in Louisiana where he's had plenty of success throughout the years. Yeah, um, Dak Prescott, Keaton Thompson. No, I think that's honestly something I didn't think of, um, but that's a great point because historically he's done very well at programs that are like, we're going to be patient with you. You see your system, you're going to develop. He was incredible at Mississippi State. He brought them to heights they never saw. They were the first ever team ranked number one in the college football playoff, which is insane for Mississippi State. Um, so I think that's a great take, Addison. There's talk about them hiring Sony Dykes, which I would secretly love because then SMU would become available. And I would love Jeff Levy there, but you know, we'll see. As far as TCU goes, what do you think about Florida, Addison? Jeff Levy won't be a good head coach. What's your take behind that? Um, all of his offenses play undisciplined ball. Um, I don't think he's enough of a disciplinarian. Um, and I don't think he's cut out for that type of responsibility. He's a I don't think he's hey, cut up. Um, Archie, Avery Goggins asked, uh, what do you think about Dan Mullen? Uh, thank you, Avery, for this comment. Um, Dan Mullen's, uh, I don't know, not like the biggest fan of the guy. He seems to coach for teams I'm, I'm not a fan of, Mississippi State, um, UF. So just those two, um, I just never – Never been a huge fan. The whole uh, Batman thing that happened a few years ago. Yeah, just. Um, also, so thank you for your take, Dan Mullen. Cho uh, <laughs> is also asking who's your pick for the LSU head coaching position. Um, that is a great question. Um, I haven't really decided what my pick would be. Um, so let me let me get back to you. Um, Lincoln Riley actually is who I'm thinking of. <laughs> That's exactly. I just it just came to me. Lincoln Riley, yeah, head coach of Oklahoma. There's a rumor they're offering him twelve and a half million dollars. Everyone's got a price, and I would do a lot of things for twelve and a half million dollars. So we'll see. Oh, really? Like what? You know, <laughs> it's twelve and a half million dollars. All right, let's everyone hear that. Okay. I think LSU is going to roll off the red carpet for Lincoln Riley, but I don't know if that's going to happen. But that'd be pretty cool. I did hear rumors about. Uh, Lane Kiffin. Uh, Rumors, aka my brothers. So, 
No, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, he doesn't stay at a at a football. I can see him possibly at Florida for very long. Kind of fits that vibe. Um, yeah, but Scott, yeah. I don't Scott Strickland. I don't think he'd hire. No, he want to hire another Mississippi coach. It depends yeah. on if Scott Strickland's still there. Evidently, Billy Napier is the buzzword over in Florida. We'll see if that actually sticks. really. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That would be that'd be an interesting hire. I don't think Billy Napier would be successful there. I don't know why. It doesn't seem like a good fit. No, I think Florida demands some sort of access and flashy kind of stuff as far as boosters go. Billy Napier kind of wants something similar to what Saban has. Any team that wears the Jordan brand, it's going to be very hard to find a coach that fits. Yeah. Michigan got lucky with that Harbaugh guy. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next. All right. That was a good joke. Okay. <laughs> well, real quick, who do you think USC is going to hire in Virginia? Dude, you keep hearing James Franklin, and then you don't hear James Franklin. If it's not James Franklin, I don't really have any idea who it's going to be. Billy Napier is still someone that's being talked about for Virginia Tech as well, though. So, again, like, this coaching carousel is going to get crazy. This is not the last time we're going to be speaking about this on this podcast. The more information that comes out, the more we're going to have stuff to talk about. So, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Let's call in our special guest on the surge line. So, uh, somebody call in Mary Morgan for me. Um, and let me tell you all about surge. Surge Jay. Um, have we even mentioned how awesome it is? Cause I don't know if we have, um, search is the marketplace for conversation. Creators can make money through video and host live one-on-one conversations with large group events. Um, this is such a great asset for professionals, artists, and athletes. Um, and it is so easy to sign up as a creator, go to surge.co, um, sign up and start making money with your conversations. Um, so Avery and show, if y'all are listening, y'all need to go sign up right now. Um, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be on there very soon. Oh, it looks like Mary Morgan has entered the chat. Mary Morgan, what's up? What's up? Thank y'all for having me. Of course. What? To dream come true. We've been waiting, dying for you to be on here. So we're uh-huh. just... I know. know, Mary Morgan is not only our most loyal fan. um, Evidently, according to Addison last week, she is up 73 and a half units this season, which is 73% winning percentage. Oh, oh, excuse me. That's still astronomically impressive. So if you're listening, astronomically, take take what she has to say (laughs) as the word of God because it's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's not let's not give me that. Mary Mary Caples uh, says, yay, Mary Morgan. So all of our viewers on uh, YouTube Live are already just thrilled. Um, So let's start it off. Mary Morgan, what is your perfect Thanksgiving plate look like? Like what's on it? What's what's it look like? The matrix, the pie chart, what do you want? The first thing I put on my Thanksgiving plate every year is the potato casserole. Which I think Addison is currently eating. Um, my mom casserole. I thought that was pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. Sweet potato casserole made by I don't know if she's still listening or not, but Avery Goggins made this. It's phenomenal. Wow! Shout out! Shout out to her. But um, Ron Grantham makes the best potato casserole ever. Um, so that's usually the majority of my plate. Um, definitely the first thing on it for sure. Yeah. 
Um, and then uh, love some green beans. Yep. Bacon. It's my favorite. Plate, or you just skip to the sides? I just usually go for the sides first, then I come back to the protein. Okay. I do, so I do you, put turkey. You, you, I was about to ask, are you a ham or turkey kind of person? Um, usually turkey. You're okay, cool. Turkey. No, I'm not, I'm not weird, I promise. Okay, Virtue says if you prefer ham or weird. So if you prefer ham. I feel like it's obvious, like you need to eat turkey, yeah. unless there, you have like a disease or you're like, I literally hate turkey. Mm-hmm. It's like, you just have. Like it's Thanksgiving, you know, turkey. Anyway, keep going. I agree. Thomas, what's your perfect Thanksgiving plate? All right. That's a great question. Um, I think it starts with my grandmother's homemade rolls. Um, they are electric. They are incredible. <laughs> electric. I don't know. They're, they're amazing. Okay. And then I go with some asparagus. I get some mashed potatoes with some gravy, put some turkey on there. Um, also both type of potatoes. We got some sweet potato casserole on there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my favorite thing and it's super good. What about you, Addison? Okay. Well, we've got to start. I'm going to go with two meats. I'm going to go ham and turkey. Ham I'm going to go, I'm going to go green beans or green bean casserole, Ooh. whichever one is offered. I'm going to have, uh, some sweet potato casserole. Okay. Have mashed potatoes and gravy. Okay. I'm also going to have, um, oh, I'm forgetting something. Maybe that's it. Stuffing? Dude, the dressing, dressing. Dressing. I can't forget the dressing. That's the perfect Thanksgiving plate. Okay. While we're on the topic of um, – actually, Birch, I want to hear yours first. Um, I'm pretty basic. Turkey, <laughs> some Sister Schubert's rolls. Um, and then I make a sandwich out of that. So I just, you know, take the turkey and <laughs> in the rolls. Um, my mom usually yells at me for doing it, but I'll do it anyway. Um, mashed potatoes. My mom's incredible mashed potatoes. I get some sweet potatoes. Um, they have some good, like cranberry something. That's really good. Um, trying to think what I, what else I think we have Mac and cheese, honestly. And it's always really good. That one's like different. Um, and that's, and then I get some like green beans and that's about it for me. So while we're on the discussion of Thanksgiving and food, um, what would you say is the most overrated dish in Thanksgiving? Ooh. Oh, I forgot eating pumpkin pie. Ooh, ooh, that uh, cranberry shit. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to say. I didn't think that was a dish, but I agree. My grandmother gets it every year, but I think it's gross. The cranberry stuff that comes yeah. out. Cranberry end, sauce. Cranberry sauce. And you can still see the like rims of the can on it. I think it's gross. I've never had it. Never tried it. Yeah. So how would you know it's overrated if you've never tried it? There's a I've reason I've it. never tried it. I've tried it. It's overrated. Man. I can see. Or just two peas in a pod. Look at that. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> um. I'm going to say, you go, Thomas. So this is kind of, um, you know, contradicting. But honestly, I think the most overrated thing in Thanksgiving is the turkey itself. Okay? Wow. So, like, here's my premise behind it. When you go to a nice steak shop, like, you're getting steak at a nice restaurant, and you're super excited about the steak. You're fired up about it, right? 
when you go to a, a pizza place, you're fired up about the pizza. When you go to, when it's Thanksgiving, I'm not super excited about the turkey. It's just like, whatever. I'm, honestly, yeah. honestly, I'm more excited about the leftover turkey that I get to make a sandwich of it than like the actual turkey from Thanksgiving. Okay. It's Thanksgiving. You need to try the sandwich that I make and try eating that. With the Sister Schubert rolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your grandmother's electric rolls. Oh, guys, <laughs> uh, I would give some to all, I would give some to y'all if I could, but I will probably eat them all this Thanksgiving. Um, mine would say, I would say stuffing. I think is overrated. I don't dressing. Think it's no, yeah, okay. Is it called I stuffing? I don't, dressing? I don't know. My uh, mom probably would tell me what it is, so. Um, Cho says, does anybody like canned cranberry sauce? Well, Addison obviously doesn't. Addison, Mary Morgan, or no. I'm I'm not. I don't know what my family makes that has cranberries in it, but it it's not canned cranberry sauce. So whatever it is, <sighs> tastes better than whatever we're talking about. So um, I'll just put that out there. Thomas? Uh, we don't really do uh, cran cranberry sauce. I think we usually do like this mint jelly that's pretty good. So that's kind of what we have. It's an old timer thing, but it, it's pretty good. Yeah. Well, speaking of Thanksgiving and next week, uh, let's get into the rivalry week. I always, this is a week I always look forward to every year. Um, I think Thanksgiving is awesome because you get to be with your family, but also at least in my household, it's a huge football weekend. So um, when we think about what we're doing on um, after Thanksgiving, it is watching football, watching football and watching football. Um, So I am pretty excited about it. I don't know about y'all, but um, I'm very excited for this Egg Bowl, um, Ole Miss at Mississippi State. Mary Morgan, what are your thoughts? It's a Thursday night. Are you, I know you live in Oxford, Mississippi. Are you going to the game? Does your family typically go to the game? What does it kind of look like for you since you actually live there? Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact, I've actually never been to a Mississippi State home game. Wow. The only time I've ever been in Davis Wade Stadium was when Oxford High played the state championship and we lost. Mm. So I have a little bit of um, bad memories there, but um, actually I really did consider going this year. Um, But I think I'm just going to stay home on my couch and have my blanket and curl up on the couch and watch it. It's supposed to be um, as of now, 29 degrees and raining. Excuse me. Wow. Um, so I think that I'm going to sit this one out, but um, I did consider going. Yeah. Wow. Do you usually, if it's at Ole Miss, do you go to the games? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Cool. For sure. All right, Thomas, get get into it. I mean, it's it's a minus uh, one. Uh, State's a one-point favorite. Um, Odd Shark is projecting 36 to 35 Ole Miss. 55% of the money is on Ole Miss. Um I don't know, man. Like, this is going to be a weird game. The Egg Bowl always is. Will Rogers is playing some of the best football than anyone in the country recently. In the last six games, his touchdown interception ratio is 19 to three. Um, I think 61 and a half points given the weather and almost his second half offense is probably too many. So I lean under. Um, I'm still going to go with Olmus in a close one, though. Yeah. Addison? as he thinks about it Mississippi State's gonna win oh no I've already prepared myself for it I hope I'm wrong I hope I'm wrong but I just don't have a great feeling 
I'm going to delete Twitter. However, how, uh, however, the weather favors Ole Miss. For sure. So if, it really is, if it really is raining and it's that cold, that helps Ole Miss significantly, um, and then they'll win. Under for sure, especially in those conditions. 51 and a half. Yeah, I, I'm surprised it was 36, 35 on Odd Shark. I just think that's too many points. Too many points. It's just crazy. Ohio State, what, Thomas? What do you think? Oh, like Ole Miss? Oh, or- what do I think? Yeah. Oh, I love Ole Miss and I know we can do it. So the spread is silly and we're going to beat it. So by my league. I'm going with Ole Miss. Thank you. Um, I'm very nervous for it. Yeah. Considering our performance this past week, but. Um, I think as Addison said earlier, I think we're coming off a very emotional week and a very just, we were a little, we were in between two big games and we didn't really play our hearts out as we could have. Um, But it's definitely going to be a challenge, but I think we're up for it. And I think that um, it being Matt's last like regular season game, I think he's going to lead us well. And I think the team, like he carries the team on his back. So I think that, Oh, yeah. We're going to show up to play, and even though, yeah. If Matt Crowell is a quarterback, Ole Miss yeah. six wins right now. There we go. Those were some good words, Mary Morgan. Thank you for, for your insight. Um, <laughs> of course. Thomas, I'd love to hear your insight on the Ohio State at Michigan game with yeah, a plus 8.5. For Michigan, yeah, the game. It is known as the game, evidently. The, um, the, the Ohio State sorry. guys are going to win. Um, Jim Harbaugh has never covered a game versus Ohio State. He's been favored one time in 2018. They were four and a half point favorite and they lost 63 to 39. Um, (laughs) That's my favorite fact of the day. Um, I think that Ohio State wins and they cover uh, just because I don't believe in Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Both teams are 10 and one. It's going to be an awesome game up into kickoff and Ohio State's going to win this game and they're going to cover. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I think Ohio State is going to win now. I think that I think that Michigan will cover though. I think Michigan with eight and a half points. I think it'll be a one possession game. I hope it is. Maybe like 42, 38 or something. You know, so I think the over as well. Ohio State is peaking, uh, but this is CJ Stroud's first true road game. Or it's his biggest road game at least. It's definitely um, his biggest wow. career. Granted, he's a freshman. Yeah. So. What day is the Ohio State-Michigan game? It's 11 o'clock on Saturday. It is always 11 o'clock on Saturday after Thanksgiving. Wow, thank you. You're welcome. For that. Um, <laughs> another game I'm really excited to watch is the Oklahoma at Oklahoma State game with a minus 3.5. Um, I'm assuming for Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's favorite. Hey, the dark horse. Um, yeah, so excited about that. I feel good about it. So, over. I like the under in this game. Um, I oh. see this kind of being a 28 to 17 Oklahoma State. Oklahoma's kind of struggled versus decent defensive teams. You look at Iowa State, you look at Baylor. Even kind of you laugh about Nebraska being three and eight, but they're somewhat of a decent defense. Um, I think Oklahoma State's they win, they cover. 
but it's not an overrun. It's going under. That's kind of what I think. Yeah. Awesome. Addison. I think Oklahoma State covers, and I think it goes under as well. They're just too good right now. Oklahoma's not great, especially on offense. Uh, Oklahoma State's defense is, like I've said all year, super good. I'm high on them. Um, You're high on them? Very high on them, as I've been all year. I think that they will – I think they'll win by two possessions. Nice. Florida State at Florida. Yeah. If if you're not from the state of Florida or you didn't go to Florida or Florida State, like, do you actually care about this game? Um, I'm from Florida, and I don't care about this game. Okay. Well, there you go. I mean, the stories that you were curious about have already been written to an extent. Dan Mullen's already been fired. Mike Norvell is likely getting another year. The only story in this game is the battle for bowl eligibility. And based off of the distractions in both programs, I lean Florida State here. I think Florida State wins, I think, two and a half points. Florida, I think the wrong team is favorited. I think the Florida State wins. Nice take. Addison? I think Florida State wins, too. I think Florida's too bad. They just fired Dan Mullen. Uh, A lot of issues right now. I think Florida State wins and covers two and a half easily. Um, I would say under 59, though. Mayor Morgan, what do you think? Yeah, Mayor Morgan, come on. I agree. I think that um, with an interim head coach that Florida really doesn't have anything to play for, and they're going to be – I think that Dan Mullen was the reason for any offensive success that they had, and I think that without him, they're not going to – Fair take. Not going to win, and they're not going to cover that, and it's going to be under. Florida's interim head coach is undefeated in his head coaching career. Is that right? One, in, one to zero. One and a. He was Mississippi State's interim head coach when they played uh, Louisville in the Gator Bowl. Hey, and he bad to thousand. Good for him. Not anymore. Hmm. All right, Penn State at Michigan State minus point zero negative point zero five. <laughs> Addison. Um. I don't think Michigan State bounces back after last week. I think that loss uh, was just so big, so demoralizing to Ohio State. I think it's just taking the wind out of their sails, uh, punctured their balloon. They have no life, and Penn State will win this game handedly. Uh, Over under 51 and a half. Mm, I'm going to say over. I like under here. Michigan State struggles against teams that kind of pass the ball better. I haven't really seen anything from Penn State as far as passing goes. Um, yeah, Michigan State's got the best player on the field uh, with their former Heisman frontrunner running back. 67% of the money is on Penn State in the pick I kind of agree with them. I think it's under Penn State wins. Mary Morgan? See, I'm going to go Michigan State here. I'm going to go against right. Joel. Um, I think, well, I think it could go either way. I think that last week can either really shoot their confidence down or it could have been a reality check and they can kind of get it into gear this week. Um, but I'm going to go with them using it as motivation and I love Mel Tucker and I do think that they definitely have the best player on the field. And even though that they got, destroyed last week um i think that they um win and cover this week um i'm gonna go with the over 
Who's the best player on the field? Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. The third. For sure. The, but yeah, I mean, I think that any Heisman like chance that he had is gone after last week, 100%. But he's still the best player on the field, hands down. Yeah. All right. Oregon State at Oregon. My team, I believe in Oregon. Um, over under 61. Um, and Oregon's minus seven. Minus seven. <laughs> uh, I think Oregon will bounce back and win and cover. I really do. Yeah. What's the I name of this that. trophy, Thomas? What? What's the name of this game? What do they call it? I don't care. It's Oregon versus Oregon State. I care. Okay, here's my thing. Yep. Is like I agree with you, Addison, but Oregon State is quietly a seven and four ball uh, team. I mean, yeah, that's decent for a Pac-12 school, but seven and four for them is like evidently pretty impressive. I still like Oklahoma or Oregon, excuse me, to win. I like them to cover. Um, 67% of the money is on Oregon. I chalk is projecting 36 and 32, but as you've seen as you followed the show, because obviously there's so many people that follow the show, Odd Shark is never right, but it is fun to look at. Oregon covers. I like the under though. Um, it's called the Great Civil War. Oh, it is called the Great Civil War. That's right, Birchie. Let's go. Let's go. Speaking of going, Bama at <laughs> Auburn, the Iron Bowl. I mean, Mary Morgan, what do you think? Plus 19.5, over under 55.5. Hmm. I'm a little partial to Auburn here. I love Auburn. Oh, Just a little good. bit less than I love Ole Miss. Wow. Um, I think that this game was getting a lot more hype than it is now, obviously, because Bo Nix is out. Um, but I think that, I mean, Bama hasn't beaten Auburn at Jordan-Hare since 2015. Yep. And I think that I don't know what happens in Jordan-Hare when they're the underdog or when they're really hyped up about a game, but I think that you can never count them out. Um, even without their quarterback. I think TJ Finley is a great backup, even though, I mean, he's no Bo Nix, but then again, Bo Nix wasn't the most consistent quarterback. Um, what were but, Finley's stats? Oh, well, he <laughs> – I think they're not the most impressive, but I think that um, since they were on the road, they did lose to South Carolina, but um, he – did not throw – he did not give up the ball once, did not throw an interception or have one turnover um, and had like a 53% percentage, um, completion rate, which I thought was pretty impressive. I feel like that's really all you can ask for, a backup on the road in a first game like that. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to go with Auburn here. I think that – To win outright. Auburn, hmm? To win outright. I'm, I know that sounds insane, but Win I really outright. I'm against Auburn Auburn wins I'm outright. All the There's way. no way that Bama beats them by 19 and a half. No way. She's been she's been saying Auburn's gonna win this game for weeks. Uh-huh. I, everyone I thought they were gonna win this game with Bo Nix. Before before yeah. Bo Nix was hurt, I was like, there's literally no question Auburn's gonna win. Yeah, I agree with you. And then I was I still hell bent on Auburn. What, Bertie? I think Alabama's got it. So, I'm not. I, I think Alabama's got it. And I think Alabama wins by three possessions. I think Alabama covers. 
if Bo Nix was in this game, I like Auburn. Um, if Bo Nix was in against South Carolina, they win that game. I mean, Nick Saban, going back to what you were saying, Mary Morgan has never beaten a ranked Auburn team in his tenure at Alabama, yeah. which is a pretty good stat, but Auburn's not ranked. Um, they also don't have their quarterback, who is the most volatile quarterback in college football, but I feel like this was a game he was going to get up for. I don't believe in TJ Finley. I think that Alabama wins and they cover and then they lose in the SEC championship. I love the over 55 and a half. Yeah, I think Alabama could maybe score 55 on, them, on themselves. I honestly think that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Virginia Tech at UVA minus 7.5 over under 62.5, Addison. Um, uh, Virginia Tech covers under. I don't have anything to say about this game. Okay. Uh, Aaron Morgan, you got any thoughts? Um, sorry, I'm looking at my notes that I wrote. <laughs> um, I picked TBA to cover. Um, I think that they have the fourth highest offensive yards in the country. And they have lost the past three straight games, but um, they've been against top-ranked opponents. Um, and I think they're looking for a win. And I think that this is one that's – feasible and I think that they're going to cover and win um but I agree with I agree with Mayor Morgan um I think UVA wins I think Brendan Armstrong is not getting enough credit I think that this offense is going to win um Virginia Tech obviously they're kind of looking for a coach right now I think that kind of plays into it there's more stability over at UVA and I like them to win um yeah uh before we go to the next one, I just wanted to call out our loyal YouTube subscriber. Uh, Mary Cables said she also votes with Auburn with Mo. Um, oh, well, I appreciate the support. One person. Um, yeah. All right. Wisconsin at Minnesota. Um, up plus 6.5 over under 39. You know, I'm going to give that one off to Addison. I'm going to let him talk about that one. All right. Well, Wisconsin has been playing really good football lately. They've come into form. Watch out for them in the Big Ten Championship here in a couple of weeks. Um, they're going to win this game easily. Uh, Minnesota is not that great. Six and a half. Wisconsin's, I mean, they're playing really, really, really good football. They have been impressive. They've um, one in three, and they've won seven in a row. Is that right? That a lot. Yeah. I don't know. They started off rough. They've got it going. Over under 39 points. Is that not the most Big Ten thing you've ever heard in your life? But it's going to go over. Wisconsin's going to score 30 points. All I'm saying is Big Ten, first one to 17 wins. I like Wisconsin to cover. Credit to Minnesota. They're seven and four, and they're on their four-string running back. That's awesome. Like, they've they've done better than I thought they would given the injuries on this roster, but I do agree with you. Wisconsin covers and they go to the big 10 championship. Agreed. Second, everything y'all said, Wisconsin's too good. And it's definitely going to go over. Yeah. All right. Texas A&M at LSU. Thomas. Okay. I'm going to preface everything I say by saying A&M should win this game and they should cover. Okay. But I mean, this is Coach O's last game 
LSU has been playing very hard for him the past few games. And if you don't want to gamble responsibly and you want a decent payout, you can get LSU money line plus 210 on most books. And that seems pretty enticing to me. But again, LSU should win and they should cover. Or no, AM should win and they should cover. But I think that LSU is going to come to play and might surprise some people. Yeah. Um, I think AM is going to win this game pretty handily. Okay. I think even though it's Ed Orgeron's last game, I, I don't think the players really care about that too much. Um, I think AM will win cover. But I like the under. Yeah, I think most of LSU's games since I know L, I know Alabama and Arkansas both went under for them. 45 and a half. Again, AM's offense isn't anything too special. 45 and a half kind of seems plausible to go under. I would agree with that. Um, yeah. Clemson out South Carolina. Addison. Um, so South Carolina is an 11 and a half point underdog. I think that they cover that. South Carolina has been playing better football lately. I know they have wins against Florida and Auburn who aren't playing great, but South Carolina is playing better. Um, Williams Bryce is going to be rocking on Saturday night. It is a night game. Um, yep, those fans are going to be into it because they believe South Carolina can win, and I believe South Carolina could win. I think they cover for sure. No, I They're agree. probably going to go over 43 and a half. Again, we, we spoke about this uh, when we talked about Clemson at the beginning of the, um, the pod. They're going to go nine and three this year, and a lot of schools would take that. Um, USC, South Carolina was projected to win three and a half games this year. They beat Florida. They beat Auburn. I think this game's closer than 12 points, too. If you're curious about the money line, um, USC is plus 350. If you think they're going to win, that's that's good odds right there. I still think Clemson's going to win, but it's by less than 11 and a half points. Yeah. What do you think about Kentucky at LSU? At, sorry, Louisville. Addison, what do you have to say real quick about what I said? What do I have to say? You just seemed like you were laughing a little bit. No, Mary Morgan didn't talk. <laughs> Mary, Morgan, Mary, Morgan, no, Mary Morgan, what do you have to say about Clemson South Carolina? <laughs> no, you sound like you have something to say. No, I really okay. don't. Nothing special. Um, right. Really, nothing special. All right, Kentucky. You did your picks. South Carolina is my mm, – well – I agree with Addison. I don't think – I think they're going to cover the 11-and-a-half spread. Um, I think especially coming off of last week, they're definitely – they believe in themselves and they have the confidence coming into this week, and I don't think they're going to um, – I think they're still riding that, so I think they're going to definitely play well. Um, I think it's going to go over, um, and I think they might even win. We'll see. I like South Carolina. I do too. All right, Thomas, Kentucky. Okay. Um, fun fact about Kentucky. They started 6-0 with college game day against the University of Georgia. Since then, they are 3-3. Three and three. Obviously, they lost to Georgia. They lost to Mississippi State, and they lost to Tennessee. Um, 67% of the money is on uh, Kentucky plus 2.5. Uh, odd charts projecting 36-30 to 30, Louisville. But I think I still lean Kentucky here. I think they'll finish the season nine and three, which is 
awesome for Kentucky, especially for a basketball school that doesn't expect much. Um, yeah, I think Kentucky wins. I think Kentucky wins, and I think that this game goes way under. 57 is a lot of points. Aaron Morgan? Um, yeah, I'm for Kentucky, too. I think that I had a lot higher expectations for them at the beginning of the season, but um, I definitely think that they need to win this game, and I think they can. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game at all, but I think they need to show up. They can't just – they're going to have to play very, very well. Um, but I definitely think it's possible. What do you think about the Notre Dame at Stanford game, Mayor Morgan? Mm. I told Addison before this, this is about the only game that I just don't really know anything about, but I do know Notre Dame is very good, so they will win, they will cover. Um, but for the over-under, towards the under. But, um, what? I agree with everything you said. I think yeah. Notre Dame wins. I think they cover. But Notre Dame's defense, like Addison said, has shut out their last three opponents. Stanford's not that great. They are going to finish, what, three and nine this year with a win against Oregon, uh, which is awesome and good for them. <laughs> but, uh, cool. Uh, Notre Dame wins. They cover. This game goes under. Notre Dame wins. They cover. This game goes over. And Notre Dame covers my 401K lock of the week, for those of you curious. What's your take on 52 and a half points then? You think they're going to over? Score? Okay. I think Notre Dame's going to score 40 over. Okay. Wow. Uh, Notre Dame may cover the over by themselves. Crazy. Okay, do you all have anything else to add before we head out for the week? No, no pop culture this week. We did Thanksgiving instead. We did, we did do Thanksgiving instead. Uh, what's everyone doing for Thanksgiving? Mary Morgan? I'm already home, so I came home from Nashville, um, just hanging out here. My whole family lives here, so we just do Thanksgiving here every week or every year. We celebrate <laughs> Thanksgiving every week. Every week we eat like it's Thanksgiving. Friday off every week. Yeah, me too, me too. Um, yeah, just working from home here and just hanging out with my family. What do you do for work? Uh, I'm going to count it. <laughs> it's thrilling. So y'all know she's the future uh, home field tailgate accountant. So yeah. we're also when, they, when they are rich and need somebody to do their um, yeah. taxes, I will be there. For sure. Addison, what are you doing? For Thanksgiving, I'm going to go uh, see my grandparents for a day. And then I'm going to go to uh, Grizzlies basketball game. Oh, nice. Are you going with uh, Lee Mina? No. Uh, okay. Thomas, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going back to Birmingham every Thanksgiving. We kind of do like a Tuesday through Sunday kind of thing where we go to the lake with my cousins on my mom's side of the family. They're from Tampa. They drive up and it's We're just from Tampa. From Tampa. You yeah. never told me that. I've definitely told you <laughs> before. You just forgot and it's okay. Um, but it's just a week of gluttony and that's my favorite sin in case y'all are wondering. Uh, my, my family will come in on my dad's side for Thanksgiving. We'll watch the Egg Bowl. And then Saturday, we'll, we'll cook a Boston butt, some ribs, and um, some wings, and just kind of watch the football. So I'm really excited. I will have to say that before we started recording on this podcast, Thomas said about seven times how excited he was I to get home. So shout out to the Wilson family. Yeah, Lennon Tommy, I'm, uh, I'm coming home tomorrow. My original <laughs> plan was to fly out Wednesday. I changed my flight at work this Do morning. Do they know? Yeah, they know. 
Okay. I thought you were like surprising them. My and boss then you was like, Surprise, uh, you have to listen to the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bertie, okay. what are you doing? I'm flying home tomorrow um, to see my family. My aunt on my mom's side is coming in, and then our really good family friends uh, will be in town. So uh, going to some lightning games. Um, just going to watch football and be with my family. So uh, probably go on the boat, enjoy the sunshine in Florida. So um, very excited about that. That's very nice. Birch, you want to close this out? Yeah. I feel like we're at like RUF or something. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to our loyal fans for listening. A special thanks to our featured guest, Mary Morgan. She's the best um, for coming on the show today. Me. Of course. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at HFT underscore official and Spotify so you can be notified about our new episodes every Thursday or Thanksgiving week. We're coming out early uh, this week. Um, and be on the lookout next week for maybe a special intro coming out from us. Um, we'll see you next week, tailgaters. Bye.